People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. We're back with you in the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. To all our first-time listeners, we're glad you've joined us, and we look forward to your becoming long-time listeners and helping us spread the word about the podcast and what we're doing. The important cause of critical thinking for us as the Black community has never been more relevant and necessary because we must keep challenging ourselves to keep from losing more ground every day that we let others think for us. Some of the greatest concepts result from the critical thought process, and that includes vigorous debates. The very essence of progress is when we open ourselves to consider well-defined points of view that are clearly articulated. That's how you grow as you develop your own individual perspective, and then you can inspire those in your circle of influence to do likewise. And remember, let's keep the focus on Black love and building self-sufficiency through our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide one household at a time campaign as we focus on expanding the number of Black-owned businesses both inside and outside our community. Support them with your dollars and your words. And while you're at it, you might be surprised how many people from other ethnic groups are looking for opportunities to contribute to our communities by buying Black as well, their own personal form of reparations. Finally, as we keep saying, we see they're relaxing the COVID guidelines all over the country, but let's not rush it because we really haven't gotten to the other side completely. So if you haven't gotten your vaccinations, please do so, and Keep wearing your mask in public places until the threat is completely gone. We are getting closer, but let's just note that we are not there yet. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Family, thanks for your continued support. And I just want to, uh, as usual, follow up on something that Rod talked about when he mentioned the uh, pandemic, COVID. I think it's full go. Everybody is so relaxed that almost every place I go, people are not wearing masks. In the Maryland area, they are. But uh, down south and some other places, they they, they basically uh, are, are behaving as if everything is back to normal. And it's kind of confusing to me. It's conflicting information coming out. On one hand, we are relaxing the, the COVID guidelines. And on the other hand, I keep reading reports about their surges in different places. And we're coming off of uh, spring break. I think that's going to be the telltale sign. Also, Rod mentioned support black, supporting black businesses. We are the ones who are going to have to take care of ourselves. There's no one coming in on a white horse to save black America. We're going to have, we're the ones, we got to support each other just like other groups support each other. So go out and support a black business. Norm. Thanks, Scott. You know, you and Rod, you touched on economics and health. And I just want to touch on the political for a moment. You know, the midterm elections are coming up. And this is our opportunity to show Biden and company that we're not going to sit back and be ignored as we have for the first part of his administration. So basically, let's do a little homework. 
let's strategize and let's get some more progressives in there and let's not support the corporate wing of this institution. Rod? This week, we have a special guest. Bob Finster is in his 29th year as a social studies teacher at Hillsborough High School here in New Jersey, teaching AP government and U.S. history. He was the New Jersey Council for Social Studies Education Teacher of the Year and the American Lawyers Alliance Law-Related Education Teacher of the Year in 2019. He advised a variety of extracurricular activities at the school, wrote and taught the social studies elective race in the United States, and is the executive producer of the student podcast, Prejudice and Pride, which focuses on race and ethnicity. We're glad to have Bob in this mix today because, as I mentioned to Bob in our run-up to the show, that we consider him an anti-racism combatant, not just an ally, because what he's doing with those students and allowing them to have a forum to really get to the root of some of the issues around race and racism really says that he's put his skin in the game. And so, Bob, being our first Caucasian guest, we're glad to have you on that front, too. But feel free to greet our Brothers Talk family. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be uh, to be on the show. I've, uh, I've enjoyed the episodes I've listened to and uh, can't wait to talk about some of these issues and uh, hopefully you know, keep help pushing in the right direction. Great. Bob, you're working with these high school students. How did you get them to get engaged or, or what was that process like that they actually uh did they come to you or was there something that you put out for them how did that process all get up and going well uh if we're talking about the podcast uh the uh, prejudice and pride podcast um i actually received a grant i applied for a grant from the uh, new jersey education association's frederick l hip foundation and uh used that to to purchase equipment for uh for the podcast didn't have a name at that time, and I was thinking about making it part of the uh, the race elective course. Unfortunately, the the elective course didn't run again. Uh, we didn't get enough students to sign up for for the second year. Um, hopeful that that will change for next year. But uh, since I couldn't get uh, launch it from inside a class, I uh, basically invited a group of people who I thought might be interested, uh, you know, I'd identified as students in my current classes who who seem to be interested in these top in the topics related to our, our general theme. And uh, we've never actually met in person as a group. We've done everything uh, virtually uh, because it probably won't surprise you. These students are involved in every activity in the school uh you know they they uh, despite being incredibly overextended and taking all or many uh advanced classes they still uh you know they're enthused by the opportunity to be to be heard um to kind of orchestrate the conversations and uh you know just just create a forum for uh for students to reflect on both the sort of the negative history um, and then as well, uh, you know, that's the, that's the prejudice side. And then also to start talking about, uh, positive things about various cultures and, uh, you know, how, how we've, how different groups of people have, uh, offered resistance and may, you know, and achieved despite the challenges that they, that they have in our society. Bob, I'm pretty sure you you've heard of critical race theory and all of the controversy around that. Have you gotten any pushback from parents? who are uneducated, don't know what's happening, 
don't realize what you're teaching, like the folks with who are objecting to critical race theory. Are you getting that kind of pushback? Uh, not for the podcast yet. <laughs> I, I don't think they've discovered the podcast just yet, but they uh, they certainly discovered the uh, the elective course. And uh, at our local board of education meetings, we've been having a, a string of parents who have voiced their opinions, their frankly ignorant opinions on the subject matter. Uh, trying to to play gotcha with cherry picking items from the curriculum that I wrote, um, I have to believe some of it is 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 willful. Uh, it, it's it's not that it's not pure ignorance that a lot of the mis the de deliberate willful misunderstandings. Um, but I was super excited uh, in the last episode of Prejudice and Pride. My students decided to actually take clips from the board of ed meeting. Uh, including uh, a parent and a board member whose uh, opinions they didn't take kindly to. Uh, <laughs> and they set them straight in the, in the podcast in terms of uh, addressing the issues that they just, you know, the fundamental misunderstandings that they have about the notions of critical race theory. You know, and, and obviously, as I'm sure, you know, you're well aware, they call anything that has to do with with race ever critical race theory. Anything that has to do with being sensitive or thoughtful is critical race theory. And, uh, and and it doesn't matter how many times you say that we're not teaching critical race theory. It doesn't really matter. If they were more honest, they would just say, we don't want you to teach about race ever. Um, and, you know, and, and we want you to all pretend to be colorblind, which of course is impossible and not desirable, which actually was the subject of that last podcast where they that was one of the parents was talking about how we should just pretend to be or we should just be colorblind. And they directly took them down with with scientific arguments about why that's wrong and why that's not ultimately helpful. Were there any specific historical events that they were against being taught? Uh, no, they haven't. They they haven't delved that far. I mean, instead, they they would pick on uh, a particular source that they didn't like. And they and of course, it was clear they never read the source. They just saw something online that, you know, Ibram Kendi's book is evil because what you know what whatever whatever they were whatever they were fed um, as an as an argument. Uh, but one of the funniest ones was the um, what's the name of that show? The uh, difficult conversations with a black man, which is one of the most benign shows <laughs> from a, a moderate who is just trying to, you know, to to make a variety of different people understand some basic facts and and they thought that that was like fundamentally racist. Uh but no they they haven't they haven't been been flagging any particular events from the curriculum. For one thing, everything in our in the history curriculum, the the class that I'm talking about is not actually a history class. It's a social studies class which there's a distinction there. But the history curriculum is all driven from state standards. So if they wanted to complain, they'd have to take it to the state rather than, <laughs> rather than to the Board of Education. So, Bob, what's been the response from the other teachers? Because I guess in any group, there's going to be pro and con. So what's been the general feedback? Uh, I'll be honest, it's, it's been limited. Uh, I mean, I've, I've heard from a few teachers who, who have listened to the show and, and you know, said complimentary things. Uh, at the moment, you know, we're in the, I think we're in the embryonic stages where, um, you know, people are just figuring out whether or not to put it into their rotation. Uh, you know, we're only a few episodes in. I think that over time, this is something that 
I, 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 I plan for the students to continue to do this throughout the rest of not only this school year, but in future years. And you built up that head of steam. I imagine that your listenership, you know, has grown significantly over the course of the hundred plus episodes you've done. Um, so, uh, you know, frankly, I think most most teachers don't still don't even know it exists. Although we've we've been doing what we can to to get the news out there. We're more, frankly, we're more interested at the moment in in the students and getting them to you know to empower student voices. Um, teachers will be obviously we do need you know, we need to make sure that teachers are doing a a a better job globally with with some of these matters. But our our main focus right now is empowering student voices. So are you getting support from other teachers, from the administration? How supportive is the administration? Uh, and are you getting the support from parents? Well, as a former teacher, you, you might appreciate the fact that sometimes the best the, the best support from the administration is pretending you don't exist. Uh, just just nobody has said a word to me from the administration, which is great. Uh, you know, we I, I, of course, we would prefer, you know, all sorts of la- you know, lavishing praise on what we're doing, but in rather than the opposite, uh, I'll take I'll take uh, uh, relative quiet. Teachers, you know, we students have interviewed some teachers for for the podcast, um, so we have an upcoming episode, uh, actually an upcoming episode about uh, indigenous people and mm-hmm. what they deal with. Um, and there were three teachers. One, I was one of them, but three te- three teachers who were uh, who were interviewed about how they incorporate uh, that material into. Uh, both social studies and world language classes, and so you know, so there, there, there's definitely. I mean, there's a, there's limited uh, faculty uh, teacher involvement. Um, parents have been. I haven't really heard anything from parents other than you know support from from the the 14 student participants that we currently have um, for the podcast that have been you know been very supportive. Um, getting a few comments from. Uh, former board of education members who have who have chimed in on uh, on Facebook because I, I post links there uh, sometimes and uh, you know they're 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 happy that that the podcast is is that they're doing that the students are doing what they're doing that's just about it though right now have the students touched on any of the racial issues right here in New Jersey if one for instance is New Jersey is one of the most segregated states in the country it's funny the uh, the latest episode or the there's Two up, two episodes in the can, so to speak. One is the, the one on uh, indigenous peoples, and so there is some discussion not about about segregation, but about you know what that's like for a student here in New Jersey, which of course was inhabited by Native Americans, and so the you know there's the the history there. The uh, the title of the episode is here 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 first here now, um, so there's some there's some perspective as far as that goes. The next episode I'm very excited about was just four female students um, who are who all have different racial or ethnic identities uh, came together and just had a unscripted conversation. Um, and the main subject that they talked about was was intersectionality, uh, how they each had multiple identities that were, you know, of of, very, of marginalized people. So it became a very personal conversation. We do have um, upcoming episodes that are going to be dealing not with the larger issue of the whole, the whole state, but local issues like how race has been dealt with in in our schools, in in our local schools, and the the direct incidents that students have encountered themselves. 
Um, I don't know if uh, if Rod shared with you that we had a, uh, a situation at the Hillsborough Middle School where a, uh, a poster uh, celebrating Black Lives Matter um, was removed by the school administration because it was seen as being uh, potential or perceived potentially perceived as anti-police. And um, that created a huge stir in part because the principal of the building went before a board meeting and said and expressed his outrage that he was, you know, that, that one of his students' posters was taken down, which was a wonderful thing to see. Uh, but that there was going to be a whole episode specifically about that. So, uh, you know, I, I let the students kind of guide the topics that they want to talk about, that they want to focus on uh, for the time being. We probably won't get to... Uh, to New Jersey segregation in this year's podcast, but it certainly is is fodder for for down the road. In our last question, how are the students receiving the podcast? Well, we have you know the, there's been a I have my own my, I do it I do my own podcast, which has nothing to do uh, not directly as at least with with these issues. Although my my next season is going to be all about marginalized people, so I guess it does. There's definitely an overlap, and I'm hoping that uh, that Rod, you'll you'll be on that, you'll be a guest on the show. But uh, I I was uh, a little taken aback by the fact that our first couple episodes of Prejudice and Pride have dwarfed my listenership <laughs> right out the gate. Uh, so there definitely was at least a, at the very least an initial hunger among students to check it out uh, to see you know, to see what it was that, that students were, were discussing. And uh, we had a poster advertising this last episode that I mentioned, um, which is actually titled, Am I Racist? And uh, it was somewhat provocative. Uh, there was a, a momentary hesitation, going back to a previous question, a very brief momentary hesitation on the part of uh, school staff that has to sign off on these posters before they go up on the wall. But uh, I was happy to see that the vice principal just said, no, that's fine. It's asking a question. <laughs> and if you listen to the episode, the main thrust of the episode ultimately was we're trying to get away from calling individuals racist and instead talk about how people will have racist thoughts or you know implicit bias. And the issue is not uh, forcing people to become defensive, but instead to have conversations where we illuminate that and explain uh, you know, and try to get people to reflect on their own, uh, you know, on their own biases that, that they have, whether they're conscious or subconscious. And uh, students uh, thus far, you know, for the most part, have been, uh, they, there's a good listenership for it. Um, I've had several students who have inquired, you know, they want to know more about the show or how they could be involved. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be, uh, exaggerating if I said it was the talk of the town and thousands of, you know, we're getting thousands of listeners, but uh, we're, we're just looking for a slow build uh, and and provide a forum where, again, students can express express their, their, their views, their feelings, and then they can also better understand one another and the issues that we're facing. And as I started with, you know, pushing in the right direction and, you know, working together to, to to, to provide agency for for our, our students and uh, you know just give them to give them that voice and that representation that uh, I think is is sorely lacking in, in, a lo- in a lot of ways. So there you have it. Our thanks to Bob Finster and the Trailblazing students at Hillsborough High School for keeping up the good fight against racism through education, delivering the Prejudice and Pride podcast that we highly recommend you to check out, family. 
And while you're at it, check out Bob's podcast, Bob's Just Asking, to hear more from our brother from another mother who's making a difference in the minds of our only real hope for tomorrow. In our Black Business Spotlight of the Week, meet Danielle McGee, the founder and CEO of a social enterprise called Black Business Boom, and T. Wilson, the company's creative director and chief marketing officer, who have formed major partnerships to launch a training initiative that provides entrepreneurs with strategies and services to not just survive, but thrive in today's digital economy. Based in Nashville, Tennessee, Black Business Boom is a Black-owned social enterprise that supports digital entrepreneurship in the Black community. The company provides training, business consultation, mentorship, and digital marketing services to small and medium-sized businesses. Digital marketing is important to all businesses, but it can make or break minority-owned businesses that are historically underfunded and under-resourced. Booming University gives Black entrepreneurs an opportunity to bridge the gap by providing education, coaching, and services that they may otherwise not have the budget to secure on their own. Sponsored by Cummins Advocating for Racial Equity or Care and facilitated by Black Business Boom, 50 business Black entrepreneurs from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Indiana, and Memphis, Tennessee have already received in-depth training in digital marketing, brand development, advertising, and social media campaigns. In December, the courses featured low-cost and easily implemented strategies for launching and growing a business in the digital world. For any questions, contact info at blackbusinessboom.com. So that's a wrap for another program. And God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest. We'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, Let's do better today because that's all we really have.